This episode of Behind the Bots is brought to you by FingerTech Robotics, North America's top manufacturer of combat robotics parts. If you're interested in building your first combat robot, check out FingerTech's Viper Kit, which includes everything you need to build a fully functional, competitive ant weight. FingerTech also carries a complete line of wheels, hubs, motors, and other components if you want to build a bot from the ground up. Check them out online at www.fingertechrobotics.com. From the basement, where we're frantically trying to pull together a 30-pound robot for Norwalk Havoc, this is Behind the Bots, the podcast that brings you the stories of the builders behind BattleBots. I'm Chris. I'm Luke. And I'm Lindsay. And today on the podcast, our interview with This Week in Robot Combat host, Jevin Woodrow. We'll wrap up the show with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. If you like our show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, CastBox, Player FM, and Podbean. You can follow us on Facebook at Behind the Bots and tell a friend. We really appreciate your support. Now, uh, before we get into this week's news, I would like to extend a very happy birthday to the one and only Kyle Kroos of Behind the Bots fame. Yay, Kyle. Your day of your birth. I, I, I didn't know this, but Kyle and I, we were born like a week apart. We're both the exact same age. It's incredible. I'm I'm like three months behind you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I'd be like the I'd be like the kid that you two wouldn't hang out with when you're when you're five because I'm still four. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll catch up to you guys eventually. Yeah. Oh my God, Lindsay, how dare you? <laughs> um. A birthday would not be complete without the birthday song. And no, not the happy birthday song. Oh, boy. But a much more, I would say, empathetic, a much more uh, detailed birthday song. A deeper cut. A deeper cut that, to my knowledge, was created by my elementary school gym teacher, Mrs. Gray. Mrs. Gray, if you're out there, thank you. I've been using this birthday song for decades now. Um, yes, my 82-year-old retired gym teacher, if you're out there and you listen to a combat robotics podcast, this is a big shout-out to you. This is a big shout-out, Mrs. Gray. Still remember you. Lindsay, Lindsay, <laughs> the craziest thing about this is, you know, like, this is now being archived on the internet forever. It's probably going to get transcribed by some AI in the future. And your fellow uh, elementary school colleagues, they could search for it at some point. And, uh... Realize that there's uh, someone else out there who's still carrying the, the torch, which is pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's good because I have tried to do many internet searches on this song to see if it had an origin that wasn't Mrs. Gray. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't find it out there. So if you do know that it came from another source, at this point, don't tell me. I, I don't want to know. Also, before we sing this, because yeah, I don't know, I feel like we're hyping this up pretty good. Um, if you are interested in adopting this song for yourself, 
just listen to our podcast a couple times, very slowly, write down all the lyrics, and uh, you can also teach teach a song to other people. Yeah, and uh, unlike the actual birthday song, this one is royalty-free, as far as I know. Yeah, Mrs. Gray, she's going to come collecting, you know. She <laughs> That's her plan. <laughs> she uh the other thing that I remember about her was that she had a huge uh, collection of troll dolls in the locker room. So uh, you could probably just get off by like giving her a troll doll and, you know, calling it a day. All right, Lindsay, kick us off. Birthdays are special days. They come but they come but once, once a, a year. year. Every day's a special day. Cause it's somebody's birthday. Their first day on Earth Day. So let's give them a cheer. Hooray for somebody's birthday today. May they wake up each morning feeling glad they were born. Happy birthday, happy first day to you. To you. Happy birthday, Kyle! Wait, Lindsay, isn't there a second verse? <laughs> no. No, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. And then they play dodgeball. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Luke, you're up. <laughs> Time for this week's Combat Robotics News. I have three news items for you today. First up, BattleBots builders are teaming up to launch a brand new Kickstarter campaign where fans can purchase a nearly complete set of 2021 team poker chips at a very affordable price. They're planning to launch the Kickstarter soon, possibly as soon as this week. Search for the Big Bot Bits page on Facebook or check this week's show notes for the link. The Rookie Hammer Drum Switchback this week launched a special merch package on their website, giving fans an exclusive Team Supporters t-shirt, poker chips, and an autographed photo for $35 each. Check out this exclusive merch bundle at www.switchbackon.tv. And finally, our own Chris DeSico is headed to Norwalk Havoc this Saturday to compete with his brand new 30-pound robot, Darkseid. In anticipation of the competition, Bite Force Captain Paul Ventimiglia sent us a question. He wants to know, uh, question for the builder of the show, Chris, when will we hear more details about your most recent robot and the most ambitious builds of your storied career? Good question, Paul. Uh, thank you, Paul Vigilamonte. That is, um, that I, I'm honored. Uh, I think though, yeah, okay. So because we're going to, uh, be competing on Saturday, uh, and when I say competing, I mean, maybe competing, depending if we can really kind of finish the last 20% of the build. Um, you know, I, I'd say that there's probably, uh, not enough runway for someone to completely redesign their robot. Uh, for the uh, for anticipation of, of of fighting dark side, so I can I can do some reveals right now. Whoa! Which I am uh, I'm very excited. Whoa. I want to hype this. I want some people to check out Norwalk uh, Havoc the live stream on Saturday. I'm super pumped. The last time I fought robots, it was uh, probably in my cousin's basement. Made and they were made out of Lego Mindstorms when I was like, you know, ten years old. So um, it's been a long time. I don't know what I'm doing, but I've had the most fun uh, in 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 my in my recent memory. Uh, you know, just like learning and diving into new things. We've we've had like this opportunity, this crazy opportunity that really nobody else getting into the sport has ever really had. Where you know we've interviewed now probably a hundred builders 
we, you know, we get to study like what their ethos is and, you know, what their approach to building a robot is and what are the first steps. And we ask people all the time, if you want to get into the sport, like, what do you do? And I had the, I had the opportunity to take all of that and throw it right in the trash. <laughs> and I, um, Chris, th- I, I feel like they say start with a beetle weight. Right, so you went right. with just a 30 pounder just right out of the gate. Right. Good job. Well, it's like, you know, I am, I am not a, a precision builder. I am, uh, I'm not a, uh, I don't, I don't sweat the details. I'm not measuring things by the gram. I, uh, you know, I, I basically pick something up off the ground and I'm like, is this, uh, is this 40 pounds or is this 72 pounds? Like, I, I don't know. Um, so like that was, this is like the perfect weight class for me to get started in. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, so I've shown, uh, some folks out there in the builder community, like what my idea was and, you know, what my approach was. I knew that I wanted to work with something new, a new material. I wanted to take a different approach, uh, you know, to actually building a bot, um, you know, I, I, I owe so much to, um, you know, Jonathan Schultz and, and huge for like pushing the envelope and like making me think differently about bots. And it really even got me back into the show so much, like seeing someone kind of change the norm just so drastically. And, and I know I wanted to do something totally different and, you know, I wanted to not just think about how do I build a bot, but like, how do I build a community around a bot? So like, how do, how do I build a brand for a bot? How do I, how do I get sponsors for a bot? And that's really where I started. And, you know, I, I kind of do, you know, uh, design thinking in, in my career and like, I, and I know I wanted to tackle all of these, these things at the same time. So I was doing materials research. I was doing, you know, uh, mechanical research and, and trying to see like what, what's something new that could be brought that, that hasn't really been seen before. And, this is where I found that, um, you know, that 19th century uh, flywheel hammer that, you know, they they used to literally have at the circus to drill in the tent pegs for the uh, for the for the big circus tents. So it didn't have to do like wouldn't have to be like the 10 guys with sledgehammers, you know. Um, and so like I borrowed the concept for that. But now it's like, OK, well, I have this I have this weapon that's no good unless it's really high. You know, how do I get a wide enough wheelbase? How can I maximize the amount of bot that I could fit into the into the actual box the for the regulation side of things? And, you know, lo and behold, you know, I, I start thinking about materials. I'm thinking about the box itself. Lexan, you know, it's, it's so cool. And eventually I just kind of stumbled across another application for Lexan, which is, um, you know, there's this really great website called, uh, you know, the, the Custom Lightsaber Shop. And they sell all the components that you need for high-end lightsabers. It could be uh, lightsabers for uh, like a trophy case. It could be lightsabers for people who do LARPing, lightsabers for people who do actually like stunt, you know, like lightsaber battles and stuff. And so they have, you know, this material that's made of the same material that the box is made out of, which is Lexan. And I found a thick wall polycarbonate tube. And, you know, I I, I had uh, spoken with another potential sponsor who... Uh, you know, has has this great company that makes these brackets called a uh, Maker Pipe um, that makes one-inch fittings for electrical conduit, so you can build anything for your shop. And I just started putting these things together, and now I have this robot that looks like a big, uh, you know, a sawhorse that is made out of real illuminated lightsaber polycarbonate tubes. 
And so yes. uh, the entire bot glows red, uh, and thus uh, the name Darkseid was born. Um, and, uh, you know, situated at the, it's basically the center of the sawhorse is a, a flywheel hammer that is, um, spinning either a two or four hammer configuration. Um, I, uh, it looks like we're going to be right at that threshold of 30 pounds, but you know, the, the bot is high, it's wide, it's, it's using the maximum size of the, uh, what's, what's, what's allowable for a 30 pound match. And, um, I'm just like so excited and, you know, a lot of people have jumped in and offered advice and, you know, helped me figure out speed controllers and, and RC stuff. And it's like all of these things I had to learn so quick. And so the last three weeks have been, uh, just some of the most fun I've ever had. And, you know, the community now I can really see like how collaborative it is and, and, and how far like people are willing to kind of reach out and help. And I'm, I'm just kind of honored to be part of that. And I'm so excited that, you know, I get to I get to go and I get to bring this to Norwalk and I get to kind of show it off. It's just I, I can't. It's indescribable. I would, if I could suggest anything out there, this is the most fun that you could have. Try it, just try it. And you know, you can't be worse than me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea. So, um, you know, give it a shot. Check out uh, the Norwalk stream on on you know this upcoming Saturday. Begins around uh, you know what 10, 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, and you yeah. know, hang on to your seat for the thirty-pound bracket, dark side. I'm probably going to be up against uh, some people who will absolutely obliterate me. But um, I only care about pushing the envelope and doing something new and and cool. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Bravo, Chris! I am really looking forward to this, and I've loved watching the entire journey. Um, did Paul Ventimiglia have feedback for you? Does he like the design? Well. Uh, from what I know about this this character, Paul Vigliamonte, he's um, uh, he's really good at not hurting my feelings. Aw, that's good. So you know, I I like you know, it's crazy because builders they tell me things that maybe I should be concerned about when I hear like uh, don't like oh that's an interesting weapon don't die. Um. <laughs> And so people tell me these kind of things, and I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe there's some truth to that. I need to – for this type of weapon, I really do need to be careful because uh, my my spinner could very quickly become a projectile. Um, so I uh, you know, I, I have to overbuild, and I have so much weight in the weapon that now I have to kind of balance things out. And I, I'm sure that every single uh, opportunity that I actually have to fight this weekend is going to be a learning opportunity, and I'll have to you know go back to the drawing board entirely after this and – and change some things up, but that's that's all part of the fun. I love it. I love it. And that's it for this week's news. Check out the Norwalk Havoc live stream on Saturday. We're going to be there. Chris is going to be there. It's going to be great. And after the break, our interview with Jevin Woodrow. This interview is brought to you by Just Cause Robotics and friend of the pod, Seth Schaefer. Seth has competed in BattleBots with Bloodsport and in Season 6 with Retrograde. His goal is to make it easier for new builders to get involved in combat robotics through guides and tutorials and now custom products. If you're interested in learning more, check out his website at JustCauseRobotics.com. That's JustCuzRobotics.com. This week on the podcast, we have a very special guest, This Week in Robot Combat host, Jevin Woodrow. 
Every Sunday, Jevin covers the biggest combat robotics news of the week, often with a decidedly British perspective. Recently, he's begun building combat robots of his own, and this past weekend competed at Bristol Bot Builders with his Beetleweight, do ya? With a question mark. We're looking forward to learning more about the world of Woodrow in the hour ahead. So welcome to the show, Jevin. Hello. Lovely to lovely to be here. It is so lovely to have you here. Um, this is um, this is one of those interviews that we've wanted to do for a really long time. So I'm really, really excited that we're able to connect. Um, you know, because we're all combat robotics super fans here, you know, and I feel like yeah. we're kind of on a similar trajectory, like starting off as super fans, kind of build, building something um, like combat robotics content related, and then moving into building ourselves. So I don't know, it's cool that we're, uh, I feel like we're kind of kindred spirits, you know, in that, uh, in that respect. Yes. Um, Most definitely. I, yeah, I mean, I would love to start just with hard-hitting questions from a British perspective. Um, because I, I don't know, like, I experienced BattleBots, I experienced combat robotics, and experienced robot wars, you know, as an American. And I would just love to get your thoughts on um, Robot Wars, kind of the reboot, uh BattleBots, the reboot, kind of like the possibility that BattleBots could create a spinoff for the European market, maybe do BattleBots UK at some point in the future. Um, I guess, where where should we start? Um, What, (laughs) when did you start watching Combat Robotics? Maybe maybe we start there. And uh, did you have a preference when you were younger for Robot Wars versus BattleBots? So, I started watching BattleBots, uh, no, I started watching Robot Wars even, when I was uh, two. And apparently, and this all comes from my mum telling me that I was up against the TV screen, just staring into it, probably square eyes growing as as the fights went on. But um, I think it was Robot Wars Extreme, uh, which is sort of between series four and five of, of uh, classic Robot Wars. And... Yeah, I, I'm I'm not old enough to remember the earlier series. I don't think I, I was only just born when Robot Wars first started in the UK, um, and I don't ever remember seeing BattleBots on TV over here. And friends of mine have told me that it was, and I I just never saw classic BattleBots until uh, a few years ago when um, Mr. Psycho Mike um, started doing the live reviews and things, and and I first saw it there I was like oh okay this this will be interesting um and then I sort of fell off the bandwagon when when Robot Wars ended um obviously there was a lot of time between then and when it came back in 2016 but it was actually the reboot of BattleBots that got me back into the sport in 2015 we had it on a channel called Spike uh which I think is owned by Channel 5 over here who strangely enough had robot wars at the end of the run in the classic series so it was interesting progression but BattleBots came back and i got to see it on spike and then they announced that robot wars was coming back and i was like a kid on christmas eve it was so very exciting um and fell back in love with the sport i i'd, I'd completely fallen off and forgotten my love for the sport and love for robot combat in general for years and years and years until all the reboots happened and, and remembered this wonderful world and it sort of spiralled from there really 
I, I'm curious, you know, your thoughts on the difference between the two shows. Because, I mean, there, there, there were differences between the reboot of BattleBots and differences between the reboot of, um, of Robot Wars. You know, did you prefer one or the other? And if you did, which one did you prefer and why? To begin with, it was Robot Wars. It's always got a soft spot in in my heart, and the the main difference there is uh, I've got a a catchphrase I use very occasionally, which is the beautiful bodge, which I think is is the true spirit of Robot Wars. Uh, whereas BattleBots is very very clean and and a lot of money poured into it, and um, yeah, it was. It was definitely a, a favour of Robot Wars to begin with when the ABC seasons were on. When it moved over to Discovery, um, and especially the 2019 season, that was sort of the okay. This is this is something you, to really watch. I think 2019 season was a real high point for BattleBots, and just the, the field was amazing. There's such a diverse range of robots, and um, the the fight card format, which worked so very nicely um yeah it it was really eye-opening to see this world sort of open up to me obviously it's it's difficult to watch uh battlebots fully legally over here but we we find our ways and we do it as legally as we possibly can um to do so which is very challenging <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've read, you know, VPNing and then uh, getting a fake American address and buying it on Amazon or whatever. Um, yeah, that's... Uh... We have a friend in the States, a friend in the States who bought the uh, Discovery Plus membership oh. uh, and, and helps us out that way, basically. Wow. Um, so we, we are still funding Discovery and we're still doing it as legitimately as we possibly can because we didn't want to just you know take it from them basically yeah um i think greg munson might be listening to this episode so if you could just give us uh, that person's name and address <laughs> later you know we'll make sure that we terminate their discovery <laughs> plus uh you know plan <laughs> yeah no, that's, that's fine <laughs> <laughs> um and you know like I, the kind of the i mean i love robot wars too I, I really do. And it's a really different show than BattleBots. And I feel in some ways, like, mm. I'm glad that it's not BattleBots. Like, it feels very British. It's yeah. like, um, it's it's got a great sense of humor. It's got, like, a very British sense of humor. Yep. Um, it feels, it feels like closer to kind of the pure version of the sport like oh i'm gonna build this in my garage mm. and i'm going to bring this to you know the arena um yeah i don't yeah. know like and I'm, I'm wondering like do you think if robot wars had continued on for another five years like do you think that the two shows would eventually like intersect would we have end game competing on on robot wars you know um um, would would it become like huge spinners and stuff in the UK? It's interesting. I I am first and foremost a massive nerd and know weird and wonderful facts about uh, Robot Wars that definitely not many people, including the builders who were on Robot Wars, know. They, they many of them say that I know more than they know about their own robots, which is baffling. But. Um, <laughs> Some of, some of the interesting things is so the Double Jeopardy team applied for Series 10 of Robot Wars um, the Shatter team have applied for 
Modern Robot Wars, obviously Fuzzy Molden, uh, Texas Twister fame and all that, uh, he came over for one of the international specials and that was sort of the first glimpse of the crossover of the reboots at least. Um, it would have been lovely to see the robots from across the world come and compete. I mean, I, I the the amount that the Endgame team and the, the Minotaur team go and compete elsewhere around the world... I, I think it it wouldn't have been long before we saw them over here as well, um, which would have been awesome to see. But um, yeah, it, it it was ill fated. I feel for Modern Robot Wars, and um, I, I don't feel that potentially that we're going to get it back anytime soon, which is a shame. But I I am hopeful for a uh, perhaps a, a BattleBots UK or a, a European Championship or something like that. Because I, I, the sport is, I feel the heavyweight sport at least is big over here. When when COVID goes away, heavyweights are run very frequently. Whereas in the states, it's BattleBots and uh, Orlando Maker Fair uh, are the two main ones that heavyweights get to go to, and even then, sportsman style heavyweights for one of those. Um, and if even if that was filmed and produced a little bit then I feel it would be something which would be lovely but uh, for now I'm, I'm happy and to just continue watching BattleBots because it's some robot combat is better than no robot combat are there are there parts of Robot Wars that you miss that you wish BattleBots would adopt um, like we didn't get a pit but we did get a shelf this season which is I guess a, a reverse mm. pit um <laughs> The anti-bit, you know. Um, yeah. I, I know people have said before they wish BattleBots had more humor, you know, because it's right now it's played very straight. It's played like a sport, you know, like like we're actually watching I don't know boxing or something like on TV. Um, you know, I, I guess are, are there are there elements of Robot Wars that that you wish existed, you know, in the US? I don't know. It, parts of me think yes, it would be great if we had this, that, and the other. But I feel the two shows are very different takes on the sport and two different ways that you can do it neither of them is right or wrong in doing so they are just two entities that do the show and they both do it well uh, and they both aim for different things i do miss the cold opens with chris and kenny um that they had in 2018 they were mm. wonderful and joyous and farouk had had a cold open as well of course um but yeah, the, the the one that stands out to me is is just Kenny and Huge having a staring contest that Kenny wins <laughs> and just stands up, throws the chair and walks <laughs> off. And it, it was just a brilliant start to the episode. I really enjoyed that. But yeah, I, I feel that that sort of thing needs to happen more. I also like the... There's a segment in the ad breaks that is sort of... To remind you that the show's still on, but it isn't part of one of the parts of the show, if you get what I mean. It's sort of a cut back to the pits or they're talking about what happened in the fight mm. and that's always fun to see right and the uh, the other thing is more time in the pits it, i i really like to see what goes on behind the fights as well and i think that's something that jenny taft brought really well in 2019 and that the those that remember the BattleBots resurrection series that they put out on youtube um for the 2018 season that was very well produced and i enjoyed that too yeah 
Um, just because I know that you probably think about this, or I don't know, maybe you don't. Like Mike, Mike Strzok, uh certainly said that he hadn't thought about it much. But um, I'm curious, you know, your thoughts on the future of of robot combat. Um, you know, where do you think the sport is going? Like, do you um, do you do you think it's going to look radically different in five years from now, ten years from now? I recently listened back to the uh, the Mike interview, and I think I. Though I, I can see where he's coming from, I, I'm a little more optimistic um, and think that the sport is growing and it's the biggest that it has been ever that I know that was said before, but I, I see it growing more and more. I mean, there's robot combat all around the world. They've just started robot combat in Saudi Arabia of all places. Um, but th- this sport is growing exponentially and I'm hopeful that so long as everyone stays safe in what they do and uh, so long as people keep enjoying it that it will continue to grow and and build i know battlebots were very happy to have uh or hopefully have a permanent home in vegas um which is quite big the fact that they've uh sanctioned two series discovery um to to be filmed instead of just year by year as they have done is quite a big step as well obviously the smaller weight classes are building and building there's more and more beetle weight robots over here at least in the uk and i know norwalk are are getting more and more as well um and you know the 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 sign-ups for the event i went to in the last weekend were done in 10 minutes if that um it was it was just full uh there, there were only 48 spaces and and they filled up very very quickly um so yeah, it, there's a lot of people who want to take part in the sport, and I'm that that fills me with a lot of hope for the future. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you see like the growth continuing as linear? Like her next year's robots going to be bigger and harder hitting than this year's, and you know, 2023's robots are going to be bigger than 2022's robots. You know, like I guess is there is there any cap to I guess where where the the machines themselves can go? In your mind. So long as technology keeps evolving the way it has done. Uh, I mean, technology is moving on leaps and bounds as the years go by to the point where even someone like myself who thought he was on top of technology is starting to go, I don't actually know what I'm doing with this and, and I've got to try and work this out for myself and um, start to feel like some somebody who's never seen a computer before at times. Um, it... it has great potential for the sport as well because technology is always improving i mean everyone or not everyone but a lot of people are moving over to brushless systems um and brushless weaponry and all that sort of thing Mm. and that's getting scarier and scarier um you said about robots getting bigger that i think the power is getting bigger the robots themselves seem to be getting smaller um which is another statement of how technology is moving on that we're able to go from a computer that's the size of a room to a computer that's the size of your phone um and that can then be translated into robotics as well that you can compete with something as small as tantrum and yet hit as hard as tombstone is baffling right um i'd love to switch gears and learn a little bit more about youtube and your uh your career on youtube so you started this week in robot combat in 2019 you had been producing combat robotics videos before then can you tell us you know about 
about your experience so far on YouTube? Did you start off wanting to create combat robot videos? Is that how it started? You know, can you talk us through that? I uh, was first sort of brought into the idea of wanting to do YouTube by a few people. Um, Tom Scar, who's a, a UK sketch comedy person on YouTube, who's been around for over 10 years on the channel or on YouTube. Um, Stephen McCullough votes Saxon 07. Uh, was one of the people who I, I aspired to be like and a lot of my earlier content was similar to what he does in his sort of toy reviews and things but to start with I uh, did Doctor Who content and that channel is hidden deep away though I imagine people have and will <laughs> find it now that I've said um, and there is plenty on there that I will go and cringe at very young me doing very dumb things <laughs> um, but yeah, it was all all Doctor Who focused at, to start with because I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and um, I, I then made a second channel because I didn't want to stick to just doing Doctor Who. You know, I, I was starting to grow up and realise that there's more to life than just Doctor Who, and one of the things I wanted to do there was was Robot Wars at the time because it was just coming back, um, and at at that point, the the first channel that I had was sort of. You know, dwindling up to a hundred subscribers. Second channel was petering out, low, low numbers, um, and I, I started to do some more robot combat stuff because that was what my focus was shifting towards. Uh, until they both channels managed to get up to about a hundred subscribers apiece, uh, and I've got a lovely screenshot just showing both of them at about I think it was 111 somewhere around there, and then the Robot Wars one started to go up even more and more until I started to do other robot combat stuff and then I've always had the idea I've always been interested in doing sort of news stuff I did news for the Doctor Who channel that didn't do overly well um, but I then had the idea of maybe doing a robot combat newsletter that could go up online and then I thought that's going to be a lot of work to produce that why don't I just stick to what I know and do a robot combat news YouTube show um, I was talking to a friend of mine, Anderson9132, uh, who, who's been doing sort of fan-made Robot Wars, pushing Lego models and card models around by hand. It's something that I do as well because uh, it it helps in learning how to produce a robot combat show. Uh, it helps with things like commentary because you're you're learning to do that on the job. It's got a lot of benefits to doing, even though I'm just pushing toys around with my hands and I, I realise that that's not for everyone and, and I don't expect everyone to enjoy it but I enjoy doing it from time to time um, but then to start doing the actual robots which I never thought I'd be able to do um, because I, I was never really technically minded, my dad is an engineer, I was not I, I ran away from the sight of dirt on my hands um, and it, it's just something that I've, I've built up and, and got better at and now I'm the the stuff that I had started to do in the sort of fan-made robot wars pushing things round, I'm now doing live streams of actual robot combat, doing live commentary and things like that, which uh, I thought would I, I would find very difficult to start with, and it's something that came reasonably naturally when it came to it. But the news itself came, uh, as you said, 2019, about February time, and I didn't really know what the show was going to be at that point, and so I just sort of built it and it to start with was just seven stories that I could find uh, on Facebook 
and that was it. It was a hard cut off at seven stories, and then I found some weeks I couldn't get those seven stories because there wasn't enough news on the pages I was following. Some weeks there was more than that, and I had to cut out some bits and bobs, and then I just started adding those bits and bobs in and making it bigger and bigger to the point where there's lots of stories, and I'm following every robot combat page imaginable, and my Facebook is a mess. <laughs> I, I you do such an amazing job at it. Um, I really, really enjoy the show. I watch it every single week. And just like the amount of work that goes into it, I just imagine must be astronomical. I, I would love to understand, like, when do you start preparing for your show? When do you actually record it? And how long does it take to edit? Like, kind of, can you talk us through the that process? Yeah, so the, the process has changed quite a lot over the years. I'll talk through the, the current process because it's the one that works the best uh, that I've found. Uh, so over the course of the week, if ever a, a story worthy of the news comes up and I, I deem stories worthy of the news, not everybody's ant weight is going to make the news because lots of people, as I said, are, are building robots and that's great but it's not all newsworthy um i also don't take requests for the news i have facebook is my hunting ground and i i go looking through all of the stories as i say there's there's plenty of pages that i go through usually if people are sending me stuff it's stuff that i've already seen and either it's there or it's not or it's going to be there because enough people want it or enough people are interested in it there are some times where i have people i know will send me things because it's stuff that i can't track um so things like uh canadian robot combat uh there's somebody i knew who did shows over here in the uk who moved out to canada and has started doing robot combat shows over there and they always send me some stuff to go in the news which is great um because it's something that i don't see much of um and so yeah i, I build up on the Facebook page for this uh, for World of Woodrow, um, just sharing posts and putting posts up and things that I've seen and screenshots of things that might not be able to share uh, specifically. But I, I then share them all on the World of Woodrow Facebook page bit by bit. And I, it gets to Sunday. I, I don't do anything editing-wise until Sunday, um, whereupon I wake up, go through all of the stories that I've gathered over the week, any last ones to get in quickly, um, and then build up a way of sort of how it's all going to fit together. So anything BattleBots related will usually go first because that is what the main part of my audience wants to see. It then goes into the UK stuff usually and then uh, other bits and bobs. And it, it will usually track in some way, shape or form. There may be nice little segues between bits. Sometimes there aren't and I just have to go. And in other news... Um, but that that's how it it works it's all done on my phone um I, I don't use my computer to edit the news i found that too laborious a task to do um so i, I gather all the stories i edit on imovie because i i am an iphone person um and then i just get all the all the photos videos credit where i need to credit people's videos and things like that um credit photos that need to be credited and then do the voiceover over the top export oh and the music in the background of course export it upload it to youtube from my phone then go onto my computer and make sure all the bits and bobs are sorted like monetization uh the 
uh, thumbnail for the video, the end cards and things like that, and then it goes live. And that is how the news happens, basically. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with kind of the the production with, with the production value and with your research. I mean, you do find really really great stories, and if you are only going to follow one show, you know, this week in Robot Combat is that show. Um, you will stay on top of of the Robot Combat world, you know, with it, which I just think is is really amazing. Thank you. Um, I. Yeah, I'm curious, you know, um, as kind of like a very prolific combat robot content creator, um, have you had cool experiences since you've started the show? Like builders reaching out to you, um, people sending you swag other than me. Um, I, I know that you uh, you <laughs> you get like lots of stuff um, sent to you. Um, you know, like has has the show opened up like cool friendships or you know opportunities since launching it yeah it it's really strange because for what i do on youtube i tend not to speak to many of the builders um in person uh i I just tend to see what they're talking about and put it out i never like to post anything that they don't want public knowledge so some builders have told me trade secrets and then say but don't put that in the news and I say I never would unless you made it public first because I feel that's what the news should do um I I draw a line between myself and what tabloids and actual tv news do um because they will find stories by any means whereas I will wait until people want it out there before I actually say things um and then yeah, so the other thing that I do is I, I help out and uh, sort of co-do the uh, the RoboCast over on Sam Elliott 64's channel. I'm plugging a lot, I'm sorry. but um, No, yeah. That is where... It's a great show. That's where I um, I find that I'm talking to the builders more. And we, we interview guests for each episode of, of the show. We've got to speak to some amazing people. I've got to speak to some of my heroes of the sport. Um, and... Yeah, it's just a really good time, and I, I've got to talk to more and more people through doing that than than what I actually do. But I've been told by a lot of people that they watch the news, which is always baffling to me. <laughs> I don't do YouTube for anybody else other than myself, um, and I've always said that if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, and uh, I still enjoy doing it, which is the main thing, and. Yeah, so YouTube was never meant to be a, a, a business. I don't live off of YouTube. I, I couldn't because uh, unless you have millions of subscribers, you, you can't. Um, so, yeah, YouTube is a hobby and always will be a hobby for me because I feel that if I turned it into a business, it, it would stop being fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I have got to speak to some cool people I have occasionally receive some cool swag but usually through the official means of going to their merch stores and buying out the hypershock team um uh, yeah <laughs> um yeah we, we we are very similar you know in that i mean for us this has always been a hobby and for us we started the show so we could meet our our heroes and um 
yeah, we've only lost money so far on this podcast. So, uh, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, absolutely a labor of love. I must say, actually, so I got to, I got to meet uh, John Bennett or JCRB Photo, um, who does loads of photography for all of the robot combat stuff. He does BattleBots. He's done Norwalk, and he came to the Bristol Bot Builders event uh, at the weekend. And he gave me one of the the poker chips. I haven't yet unpacked it, but I have a one of his poker chips, which is great fun. That brings my number up to three. Um, so, I, uh, yeah, I, I need more, and I need to go to Vegas to get more. Um, but he also gave me a couple of pin badges because I I have the red jacket that I wear for the majority of the news videos that I've been collecting, sort of battle bots and robot combat uh, enamel pin badges on. And uh, he said, I'm not really a pin guy here you go and had me uh it was a a gary gin pin yeah. badge and a bot whisper yes. pin badge which uh, i must say very yes. nice indeed yes. um it's, it's the one i had my eye on the most so i was very happy to receive one yeah of them. yeah i um I, I was pretty fortunate in that i was able to go to the filming this year i really hope that we can hang out in vegas next year and um, walk the pits together i think it'd be really fun yes it has been my plan to go to BattleBots since... I mean, I I had tickets and everything for last year, and of course, pandemic happened. Yeah. Um, but I, I had... Somebody had managed to get me access to the pits. I had set up to do interviews with people in the pits. Um, and then the world went into lockdown, and that all fell through, unfortunately. But that is life, and you just have to deal with it, move on and wait for the opportunity to strike. Had hoped to go this year couldn't because the world wasn't quite open enough for me to do so so fingers crossed for next year yeah we should uh we should coordinate our uh, our dates it'd be really fun to to go out there together and and uh hang out in the pits um it was an amazing experience it was like uh, my expectations were already really high it was 10 times cooler than i could have ever expected it felt like you were walking through the world's most incredible science fair and you were the only spectator um because everybody was working on their incredibly cool machine experiments and it 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 was yeah it was incredible it was it was it was absolutely amazing um so yeah i mean we're gonna have an absolutely great time uh next year i'm sure um i also want to ask uh quickly before we get into our very odd listener questions uh (laughs) half of which i understood um the uh so like i i want to hear more about your beetle weight and the decision to start building and where you plan to take that i mean like is the uh logical conclusion that uh, it's going to be jevin woodrow you know competing as a captain on BattleBots in 2025 or something like that you know um yeah how, how did you get into building and and where where, where is that going uh, many kicks up the backside um, is the honest answer to how uh, I, I got started to do the beetle weight. I'd done a few little ant weight projects. Uh, I started to build a, a beetle weight, and I use that term very lightly because it is massively overweight. Um, but a beetle weight version of Rusty because I love Rusty. Um, and who doesn't, right? Who doesn't love Rusty? And if you are that person saying, it's me, uh, get out. I, so yeah, I started building um, that and then I moved on to... I, I was unhappy because it was so overweight. I really wanted it to be a, an an in-weight beetle weight, but I, I just couldn't quite do it. And, and all of my builds up to that point had been 
in no weight class because they were too big or too uh, heavy or whatever. So I, I had the opportunity to uh, commentate and be part of the media crew for um, the Rapture Gaming Festival's uh, Chatham Challenge Belt event that we had for the Beetleweights in the UK uh, back in July. And uh, the guys said, well, why don't you build something and be a reserve just in case you can always have some whiteboards and get your first experience in as a roboteer in Beetleweight scale. And I thought, what the hell, I might as well, I really want to build a robot. So I got in contact with a few friends. Obviously, I said my dad is a mechanic. He managed to get uh, some lovely metal pieces sorted at work. He did all the uh, the side panels, which if you've not seen Duya, they are really, really nice if I don't say so myself. Um, and the robot itself is kind of a combination of robots that I love. So uh, Firestorm is one of my favourite classic Robot Wars robots. I love front hinge flippers. I don't think there's enough of them in the world and wanted to add another to the very short list of front hinges we have. Um, and the other robot is a robot that has signed up to compete at BattleBots a couple of times but hasn't quite made it there yet. Um, though I believe they've been accepted both times but just couldn't get there. But they finally got to compete at Norwalk Havoc and that is the Cannibal team. Their robot um, mm. is just beautiful to look at. And if you look at the two robots side by side, mine and theirs, you'll see many sort of design similarities, the sort of flair of the sort of the, the shapes and the everything going on in it is is very inspired by them. Um but a, a flipper version because uh I am British and have to build a flipper by law, I think. Um <laughs> yes. So uh yeah that that was the, the design influence. Um but I feel I've put my own spin. I am an artist at heart and wanted to make something that looked good and looks came before functionality for my robot and that proved true in fights as well because it didn't do too well at either that event or the one that I went to this weekend though to be fair I was bodied by Tom Brewster Team Monsoon's drizzle um, which which is always a tough draw one of the, the big names in the UK Beatles scene and uh, did very well for himself and I'm, I'm very pleased for him we, we get on very very well um and he, he's always very kind and as are many of the builders they've all said that it's lovely i think the highest praise came from one of the blood sport team who said that they don't think they could do the side panels that i have on do you by hand um that they'd have to cut it and, and laser cut it because that's something else i don't do and have tried to do and it's very foreign to me is cad i i just don't get it yeah um and and refused to understand it at this point um so what i did i, I cardboard aided design I, I did cad that way made a cardboard model of it as i know how to do and then we we used the that design to get all the pieces cut to the right sizes it was while i was watching a, a norwalk stream back in i think it must have been may or june uh last uh no this year it must have been um and we, we got the plastic bit sorted it was mainly plastic build to start with five mil uh HDPE and 10 mil bulkheads because that's nice and thick and things won't go through it quite so easily and then of course the, the mild steel sections and it did okay um, it, it won a couple of whiteboards at the first event took it to a sort of robot convention we have over here in the UK called RoboNerd which 
uh, is a load of robots gathering in a pub car park and us just having a day having fun with robots which is just so much fun and uh, I managed to win a big rumble of all of the UK sort of YouTube content creator type people um, won that rumble was really pleased with the performance of the robot even though it was sort of starting to die near the end of it uh, and then took it away at this weekend and uh, I still won a whiteboard this weekend which I was happy with I, I am uh, the the current best front hinge flipper maybe um, <laughs> That, that's what I'm going with anyway, because it was a, a good front hinge battle um, that I came on top of. But yeah, lo- lost both of the actual fights that mattered, but was involved in one of the biggest, we think the biggest uh, robot rumble to have ever happened in the world. Uh, we believe 42 robots in the arena all at once. Um and all moving and all fighting, which was absolute pure chaos. Yeah. Nobody could move very effectively until the numbers got whittled down, things got smashed to bits and got taken out. Happily, the spinners all got taken out at some point because they, they were all just sort of on their last legs by the end of the day and didn't want loads of damage done to them. So I was one of the last few people standing. I didn't quite get there because by the end of that, I had no drive, no weapon and uh, it got pushed in a hole in the ground called the pit. Hmm. So that that will end your fight for you, um, I find. And is the is the plan to keep building larger and larger robots, or are you happy at the Beetleweights? You know, where, where, where do you see yourself, I guess, with combat robotics? I like the Beetles because you can, you can travel anywhere with a Beetle. Uh, it will fit in your rucksack and you can take it wherever, even though it is difficultly heavy. Um, yeah, and you've got to take a whole suitcase of bits and bobs with you, but it was manageable. And um, if if you go by car, which I can't currently do because I haven't yet passed my driving test, but need to do that. Um, but I've got a featherweight as well, which I hope to take to some uh, some live events here in the UK. Uh, that did reasonably well at Robona as well. A little uh, wedge and flail bot called Tadpole, which is good fun. Um, and then. Uh, I'm on the team who currently run the heavyweight Bullfrog uh, over here in the UK, which is a pneumatic flipper. Surprise, surprise. Um, And that needs to get finished and get to a few more UK heavyweight events. I don't think that it would survive BattleBots. It is a very old machine and uh, it's looking a little bit tired now. Um, I I think I'm the fourth or fifth owner of that robot (laughs) over the years. And uh, this is something that doesn't happen in the States, uh, is that just heavyweights get passed around and and bought and moved a lot and there's a long lineage of people who own certain robots and uh, Bullfrog is one of the ones that have been passed around quite a fair bit and I don't know what that says for it whether they're just sick of it or (laughs) whether it doesn't work for them or if they just wanted to move on to other things but um, yeah I'm uh, in a long line of people who technically own the robot though Officially, it's owned by the school that I work at, which I managed to persuade them to do. I still don't know how. Cool. That's cool. So you're the current steward of it, uh, and you will no doubt pass it along to somebody else at some point. Um, Yeah, probably. Either that or it'll retire with me, and that's also fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I uh, I can't wait to see Duya at Norwalk Havoc at some point. Um, I, I have heard through the grapevine that uh, that there are some British builders who are planning on on making the uh, the trip over the pond. 
And yes. uh, it would be awesome to have you out, both as uh, an announcer and or a, uh, as, as a competitor. So um, looking forward to that, too. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Chris. He has some deeply weird uh, fan questions. Um, you know, it's, it's, we, I think these are perhaps the oddest fan questions we've, we've ever, uh, received. And, um, I was reading them and I'm like, oh yeah, this is English, but, uh, I don't understand any of the context behind this. So, uh, yeah, Chris, uh, take it away. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's get started. All right, Jevin. And as I, as I'm, as I'm aware in some social circles, it's, it's actually Yevin. But uh, we have some uh, deeply philosophical questions from BattleBot superfan Alexander <laughs> Archer, who uh, opens up by asking, are you planning to compete on a future season of BattleBots? Mm-hmm. And if so, what kind of bot are you going to uh, what are what kind of bot are you going to be competing with? I would love to compete on BattleBots. Um, I don't know that I have a design good enough that will get accepted uh, if it's. A case of BattleBots want to do a UK version, then uh, I'd I'd happily do something for that um, because it's much easier to get a robot to the UK where I live than to get it to the states where I don't. Um, and what sort of robot? I am a, still a big fan of the front hinges, so maybe a front hinge flipper. Though um, it would be fun to make something that spins. Um, I'm not sure I can trust myself with a spinner yet, but. We'll, we'll see in time, I'm sure. Uh, as far as competing, I mean, I, I just, I love it. it. It's so much fun. Uh, and the people there are all so lovely and, and will help you in any way, shape or form that you need. So long as it's not, can I borrow your robot, please? <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Did you, uh, did you attend filming, uh, this, uh, this, uh, the sessions this season? And if so, without any spoilers, how was it? Uh, I did not, but I have heard it was great. <laughs> what was your, uh, first impression of the 2021 roster? Uh, there's a lot of returning robots, um, which is on the one hand good. On the other hand, I'd, I love to see the new builds and love to see what people bring. Uh, the new bots that are coming in are really very nice, um, I think my favourite of the new bots has to be Blip. Um, Not just because I'm British and we build flippers, but because it is adorable. The actual engineering that's gone into it is mind-boggling. And uh, Aaron Hill has a big brain. And uh, that is awesome. And I'm very excited to see it in action because I I have a feeling it, it may well do very well. Not on anything that I've heard. I'm just very hopeful. What is your uh, first impression of the updated tournament rules and judging guidelines that some fans believe were the result of uh, all the controversial uh, uh, fights from last season? Uh, one of the guests on Behind the Bots uh, that we interviewed earlier uh, didn't believe that it was the case, but uh, you know, why would you feel that they were updated? I think the BattleBots rules are updated year on year. Um, they They always adjust them. And I can't remember who said it, but somebody said it perfectly in that most sports, things like football, are hundreds of years old. Robot combat started in the 90s and is still growing and finding what it is and how it does it. Um, So we we haven't yet seen a flawless rule set, and I don't think we will do for a few years to come. There will still be things that people will find annoying, upsetting, or things that just don't work. I'm excited to see 
the new rule set for judging uh, the the damage control and aggression and the the scales of that um, are really interesting and uh, I know that I think it was Mike of the bombshell team was he had a hand in um, sort of advising on on how that would work well um, which is is very exciting getting a a builder's perspective on what would work in judging as well and it's great to see that the judges are all ex-builders as well that works very nicely I feel because they know what's happened um the Uta zone ruling uh, I was going to make a video on because I was uh flabbergasted by it and couldn't understand why it was done um that the best conclusion I could get was safety and uh that was that the shelf um or whatever they may call it is intriguing I don't know if it will play much effect on actual fights because the main part of that ruling was if you stop on it you could get counted out but I feel that could happen anywhere in the arena Uh, so we'll have to see how that plays out I don't want to judge it too harshly before it's actually had a chance to be on screen and and we actually see how it operates because you know that that's unfair to the people that made it Um, I think the the other rule that was there was on uh, changing your setup before a fight you have to lock in a a setup before you go in you can't keep swapping and changing right up until the fight which i think is a great ruling because then we're not playing the out forking game oh he's put on his long forks i'm going to put my extra super duper long forks on oh well i'm going to put my yard long forks on and we just end up with fork game that's ridiculous the yard long forks that's only legend Mm. Um, so Alex also wants to know who do you think is going to win the giant nut this season? Do you, do you think it's going to be the current reigning uh, champ Endgame or the former champion Tombstone or somewhere else? People are listening to this through a podcast medium and cannot see that next to me I have a Hypershock jacket and a Hypershock hat. I'm a Hypershock fanboy and I would love to see Hypershock take the nut. Please, Will, please. I mean, you, you always got a shot with a vert, right? Four-wheel drive vertical spinner? Yep. It, this is the other thing. I, I don't want another spinner to win, but on the other hand, I really want Hypershock to win. I'm so conflicted. My other choice would be Hydra because they have been taking names over the last few se- uh, seasons and I think they have the real potential to go all the way. Do any of the 11 rookies uh, have the makings of a giant nut contender? I think Tantrum surprised a lot of people last season and as Aaron Hill is driving blip and built blip, then I, I feel that that has real strong tournament uh, prospects I hope um, I think that I, w- I would love the juxtaposition of a season where the the ruling has been made that Utas are banned um, a flipper wins I think there's, there's a lovely irony in that and would love it to happen are there any uh, uh, teams or bots out there that you're hoping uh, will compete in Season 7 next year? Many. Many, many. I really hope that the two-headed Deathflamingo team get a shot at uh, BattleBots because they are some of the most fun people you will ever meet in your life. Um, they have an amazing energy to them and they have built a wonderful pink boy who will just continue to peck people's eyes out. Um, I was gutted to hear uh, and see that uh, some of the the big Brit flippers didn't make it because I would love to see what 
that fight would look like something between Hydra and, and a British flipper, so something like Orion or, or Ripper, who I know signed up for the 2020 season. Obviously, COVID and everything had to pull out. Um, I adore Quantum. I think it's a beautifully manufactured robot and uh, really hope that they can return. Uh, I, I hope all, all the Brit builders can get across for the 2021 season. I think it was a real shame that they their robots made it, but they couldn't. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I just hope that they can get there because they have built some amazing robots. Monsoon I got to see in person over the weekend and it looks flawless. It really looks nice and looks like it it too could have a real good tournament run once again um and there's there's several us robots i i hope that uh the bite force team can come to some agreement with battlebots and uh come back because bite force i think even though i i don't want it to keep winning because i have this weird fixation of of the people that win then have to lose because i root for the underdog always um so i i i I don't. I do want them to win, but I don't want them to win at the same time. And I feel that they were really missed in 2020, and I, I think they'll be missed again this year. Um, but we got to see a lot of good robots return this season that I'm excited to see back. Blacksmith, Duck, uh, Yeti was a big surprise because last I heard they had retired, and all of a sudden, bam, there's Yeti again. So that's going to be an exciting one for me. Were you uh, surprised at all to learn that Copperhead is going to be bringing a live snake to the competition this year? Yes. Uh, I, I was surprised to see it um, there. It, it's a really strange one because you don't expect to see animals at um, at robot events. And, and for me personally, there was a big dilemma on YouTube a few years back where a load of robot combat videos had been taken down off of YouTube because the YouTube algorithm had thought that it was animal cruelty and uh, that, that what we did was animal cruelty and uh, I believe Jameson Go was hit pretty bad a lot of his videos got taken down um, th there were several across the community who, who had videos taken down because the YouTube algorithm uh, went wrong and uh, some newspapers over here managed to report on it as well which was baffling because they quoted my video in their news article um, and really made me regret the words that I'd used that YouTube's gone a bit wrong. I really wish I'd planned out what I was going to say a bit more than that. Um, but, you know, that's that's me all over. I, I don't plan anything I say. I just say it, as you can probably tell by this interview. <laughs> if you could go back and change your words, what would you say? No, I think I'd still stick to YouTube's gone a bit wrong, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right, so I got another prediction-related question um, from Noel Viegas, who who wants to know. Uh, well, I, he says, "I want to know your uh, row thirty-two predictions. Who is in? Who won't be in? The full prediction list. A bot that will get seated oddly. Perhaps a fight that will happen, or something like that." Basically, I think he's looking for the full scoop. The full scoop. Uh, I don't think I could go through all 32 robots that I think are there because the calibre of robot for this season looks incredibly high and it, it could be anyone's game. As last season proved, everyone's brackets got completely ruined by the opening fight of the round of 32 and it just continued to, to baffle and amaze. Um, so I, I can't... I physically cannot predict what's going to happen, uh, though I will be playing BattleBots Bingo with Mike this season. Um, uh, 
which will be good fun. Uh, a robot that I do hope makes the 32 this season is P1, because I do feel that they should have made the bracket last season, uh, potentially in place of robots such as Hypershock and Gruff, um, who didn't have such good seasons. Um, P1 was, the, I believe, the only 2 and one robot that didn't make the bracket last season. Uh, I feel they were done dirty, and uh, justice for P1. Noel uh, goes on to ask, uh, what is your favorite series to do on your channel other than This Week in Co- uh, Robot Combat? I really love doing the Project Box videos. Um, they they don't get as much love as I would like them to, but again, I do YouTube for me first, and if I enjoy it, I'll keep doing it. Um, but I enjoy making robots now. Uh, now that I know I can, um, I've got some really good fun projects lined up. Uh, I'm doing a Mechanum Antweight, which is going to be horrible to try and program and I'm not looking forward to that side of things but um, it's coming up I've got all the parts to do it so just need to get a 3d printed chassis for it and it'll be there Um, but yeah I I really enjoy doing the project box and uh, just like getting hands-on and making stuff and uh, because I I work in a school I'm a teaching assistant by trade um, but I do a lot of and promote a lot of the sort of stem side of things pushing sort of hands-on experience with science, technology, engineering, maths. I, I really like to do those sorts of videos to try and educate more people on, on how to do this sort of thing. Uh, and some of the my favourite of the Project Box videos I've done is how to build a super simple UK amp weight. It's just good fun. All right, I have a few questions here from Tom Brisbane who wants to know, how did you first get started becoming involved in the sport? Uh, just really through watching and uh, then sort of I, I've been on a really weird journey into robot combat one that not many people have done um, but I, I feel that you guys on on behind the bots would definitely uh, definitely you know go along with it you, you you've been through a similar path that start off as a fan watching the show then start to do content creation to uh, get out there your thoughts on on robots and things i managed to then get in with a wonderful group of other content creators we have our own group chats where we talk and collaborate with each other we uh, make videos on each other's channels for each other and um it's all really good fun um and then through that i've managed to get on things like uh, the robocast with sam talk to some roboteers there uh, i've managed to go to some events and and watch some things and then join in with some things by buying a heavyweight from another team which is not the way you should go about it it's not ideal but um it's sort of a trial by fire that you can learn how to build a robot um and then just doing doing beetle weights having the the kick up the backside to say why not why aren't you doing this you could easily do this do it and and so i did do it Tom wants to know, what's the funniest battle you've ever been involved in as a competitor? The funniest battle? That is uh, probably going to be uh, a fight. There's a couple of good ones, but a fight from RoboNerd where I had my featherweight tadpole. Um, and it was a, a three-way melee between myself, um, a, a really nice uh, lift, a robot called Feather Dozer. I think it was Feather Dozer anyway. I might get that name wrong. It might be a completely different robot. I'm not very good at the featherweights yet, and I'm learning them. 
uh, and somebody had taken a BB-8 toy and made it into a fighting robot thwackbot that um, in the fight was was thwacking around and then BB-8's head popped off but was still attached by wires started spinning around and, and flailing the wheels are just going round and round and there was no control there but it was so much fun to watch and I started spinning as well just everyone spinning a BB-8 thwackbot that's yep. okay I think I can wrap my head around that maybe not I don't know <laughs> Uh, Tom wants to know, uh, who's your favorite competitor from each generation of Robot Wars and BattleBots? Uh, so, favorite classic Robot Wars machine is Firestorm. Uh, love that series. Entertaining team. Excellent drivers. Nice looking robot. Front hinge flipper. All good. Um, favorite modern Robot Wars robot is a tough one. Um, uh, and this is this has changed massively over the years. Um, I think Apollo was definitely one of my favourites from the reboot just again really entertaining team um, I, I'm not just a big fan of all the flippers trust me I, I like spinners I promise um, but there, there's something very graceful about just lifting a robot and throwing them out of the arena because that's 110 kilos exiting uh, at a rate of knots I think towards the end of Modern Robot Wars Rapid uh, may well have just pipped Apollo to the post because they did it but they did it with gold bits and that's very cool um, classic BattleBots is a real tough one uh, but I say on the cuteness factor alone uh, Doctor Inferno Jr because he's adorable and also effective and uh, for modern BattleBots I couldn't not say Hypershock because uh, they are one of my not only favourite robots, always entertaining to watch in battle, but also one of my favourite teams just because of their their team spirit and their ideology of the sport. They're always fun when they're on screen doing their, their fun things, uh, whether it's ready for the, the fight or whether it's the big huge arms up in the air. or um, it, it was... They, they are always just one of the, the best teams to watch and the fact that they support other teams in, in getting involved in the sport and are also the voice of the Roboteers behind the scenes. That is ideal team for me. I love it. I have one more question here from Tom before I hand you off to Kyle. Uh, Tom wants to know, how close are you to completing that early 2000 Robot Wars sticker album? Glad to help you with that earlier this year and even see you at RoboNerd. Yep. Um... Tom Tom really did help out with that. Uh, he had loads of of classic Robot War stickers. I had a, a Robot War sticker album uh, back when I was a child. Back in I must have had it very early on because it's from series four of Robot Wars, and this is very early two thousands. Um, and I was very young then, but I had a few stickers in there, but not many. And I, I was always gutted that I I didn't finish that collection off. And then over the years, I, I found some on ebay and then I, I found some through somebody online and then tom said I, I watched a video where you were just sort of repairing a robot or sticker book and putting some stickers in i've got loads of swaps you're more than welcome to have them and he filled up almost the majority of my sticker book and so i have very nearly finished it i think there's just over 20 stickers left to go which for a sticker book of over 100 that i had nowhere near finished is pretty good going 
Hey, Jevin, so glad that you were able to come on. Thank you so much for, uh, you know, answering my messages when I reached out, and uh, I really appreciate it. <laughs> no worries. Um, so I'm going to move on with some more of our fan questions, and this one's from Mario Cast, and it's related to your Project Box video series. Um, so he asked, what was your inspiration for that, and, uh, you know, what made you decide to do a show in a shed? Uh the show in the shed was uh, because I had nowhere else really to do robots. Um, our garage is full of other stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I bought a shed in 2019 uh, and had I already had built my own small arena to do my fan-made robot war stuff, but it has also come in very useful for doing uh, some other bits and bobs in there as well um, testing out robots I did test do you in there and scratch the paint up horribly and regretted every decision I'd ever made um, but the the uh, the main reason I wanted to do the project box is because I thought if I'm going to go on a journey of building robots I might as well bring everyone along with me uh, and even though not many people watch those videos I think the people that really enjoy it are the people that stick with it and um, I'm very grateful to all of them who do and also as, as somebody who educates it's always good to put on one of my own videos to say and this is how you do this and and I can just leave them watching that while I set up the next bit basically <laughs> um, so Mario also wants to know how your rusty build is coming along he's uh, sat in the shed looking very sad uh, I had to commandeer a few bits from Rusty or that were going into Rusty to build Duya uh, because I had a very tight time frame to get Duya ready for this event uh, or the, the event in July as it was and um, yeah I, I needed parts and, and the parts that I had were going in Trusty so I need to get more parts for Trusty and hopefully in the new year we will get Trusty going uh, there's still some bits to do on it I've got to work out how the hammer's going to work because I haven't yet worked that out um, it's very heavy and will need potentially I think some sort of line to reel it in and then somehow release it using a switch or something I'm very interested to see uh, there's a beetle weight robot in the UK called Sproing uh, who uses like a release system to let the flipper go basically um, that works very nicely and I might implement something very similar in Trusty. I'm not working to a weight limit with that anymore so it can be as heavy as I damn well like. <laughs> um, so Mario's last question is, I noticed that you're a physical bot builder. Do you think using CAD software would slow you down or help you create more project box projects? I guess it's more like, uh, more like a question of, hey, would you like to learn CAD? Because, uh, you know, it might be interesting. It, it was always my plan to learn CAD. I downloaded uh, Fusion 360, uh, took a look at that. I think I cried myself to sleep that night um, because I couldn't <laughs> understand it. People know how to use it and people find it very intuitive. I don't, uh, I don't think my brain is, is wired that way. I did also take a look at Tinkercad and somebody sat very patiently with me and, and walked me through how to draw a few things in Tinkercad and, and get that going so do you started off as I, I made a 3d model of a servo and a battery and wheels and motors and that was it um never got round to actually making the chassis or anything on tinkercad I, I didn't want to wrap my head around that i've always been reasonably good at making models of robots uh, and that is something that i could use to to build my robot so my cad is cardboard aided design not computer aided design 
hey, if it works, it works as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. Um, so next question comes from Stephen Egert. He wants to know, are you, Ryan, and Oliver ever going to bring back the No More Spinners show? Those were always fun. Yes, uh, is the short answer. Um, no More Spinners, for those that don't know, is a, a show we are fully ripped off of um, a show called No More Jockeys, where you uh, name... Well, on the No More Jockeys, you name a person... You name a category that that person falls into, and then for the rest of the game, no one can mention anybody who falls into that category. It's a very intellectual game that is not best played uh, uh, late hours, and is it can get very confusing if we play several games in a row that we have done. But we have pre-recorded a load back last year that uh, currently sat waiting to be edited, um, but we've all had a lot of other projects on. Um, Ryan is currently... He does all of our graphics for that, and uh, he is currently making the graphics for Lego Wars on YouTube, uh, which uh, I also had a hand in, uh, and so we've been busy with that. Obviously, robot events as well, um, but we, we do plan to go back to it because we enjoy doing them, and we do some casually, not recorded, just for fun because it's always good to have a laugh with friends, and we get some very fun categories out of them. Um, that, that we can't name any more robots for, which is how we play the game. Another question from Steven. I've also enjoyed your robot artwork over the last month for Inktober. That was really cool stuff. Um, do you have a favorite robot to draw? I enjoy drawing all of the robots. I didn't know I was any good at drawing robots until a few years ago where I was able to sort of start doing Inktober and I've, I have found it difficult to get all the way through it. I, I fell off the bandwagon again this year at day 25, Drat and blast but um inktober is something i always go back to and try and outdo myself with and i've done so very nicely over the last few years i think the robot that i drew um that made me think okay this is very this is cool and i'm very happy with how this has come out uh is uh, spectre from king of bots which is not an easy robot to draw um and it came out almost perfectly Again, blowing my own trumpet. Um, just, a, just a small bit. Just a little bit. But uh, it showed that I could do it, and and I, I enjoyed doing it, and I would carry on doing it every Inktober. I had considered doing uh, just Psyduck pictures this year because I, I enjoy Pokemon, and Psyduck is the best Pokemon, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I, I carried on with robots because um, it's, it's what I know. It's my bread and butter. So speaking of drawing robots, B is for BattleBots illustrator Caleb Kempson asks, how do you find time for the news, hosting various podcasts, building robots, making Grand Slam, playing video games, going to work, and still looking cool in the process? Speaking of tooting, tooting your horn as well. <laughs> um, juggling. It's a lot of juggling and doing things when the mood strikes, I find, is the best thing. Obviously, Going to work, that that doesn't work because I have to go to work. Uh, And so I do that. But I'm very lucky to have a job which gives me six weeks off in the summer. Um, That that allows me to do a lot of things over the summer holidays, two weeks at Christmas and and that sort of thing. School holidays are the best. uh, And um, you just get a lot done in that time so long as you don't procrastinate, which I'm awful for. But um, yeah, it's just a, a lot of juggling different things and... I found that when I first started doing the sort of robot combat side of YouTube, I just threw everything at the wall and, and 
saw what sticks. Obviously, the news is something I can do in the background over the week and then edit on a Sunday. That's reasonably easy to do, as well as other things during the rest of the week. Um, yeah, that, that's it, basically. that That's my secret. <laughs> I like it. And the looking good bit, I, I, I can't uh, comment on because... Uh, I, I refuse to. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> um, all right. So next question comes from Andrew Harvey. He wants to know: Will we get any more instances of the Big Bot Quiz? Uh, they've been a source of great entertainment during the pandemic. I agree. I've enjoyed those as well. We were talking about the Big Bot Quiz uh, yesterday on on the way home from the event um, in Bristol and. Uh, we're planning out one for this Christmas. Uh, there's still two from last year that are yet to come out, and I will call them out live on uh, Behind the Bots because uh, there's the September and October quizzes are still yet to come out from last year. So you've got them to look forward to. One is uh, on the ESC channel, and one is on the Good Robotle channel. Um, they were good fun. And uh, yeah, we're going to do another one this Christmas uh, that we'll be recording very, very soon, hopefully. Um. All right, so our next question comes from Chris Sowry. It's a multi-part question. Uh, so he asks, who's the better driver, me or Felicity? And yes, I will take it personally. <laughs> uh, I would be wrong to say uh, anyone other than Chris because he did beat me in combat at the weekend. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a good long fight. The, well I say good it it was a long fight that um, both of us were a little beaten up and uh, neither of us could push the other out of the way Chris has built a wonderful uh, a beetle weight that is inspired by the Tracer Minibot that has sort of rotating lifter yeah the um, cam lifter it's, yeah it's very cool and uh, very very effective and managed to get under me almost non-stop um so yeah, I, w- I was happy to go out to Chris because he's a lovely person and uh, I look forward to fighting Felicity at some point as well and for her to beat me as well because she is also an amazing driver. So I think what I'm saying here, Chris, is both of you and that's my final answer. I'd say that's fair. <laughs> uh, his next question is, out of all the salary bots, which is your favourite asking for a friend? <laughs> uh, I... As I said, I, I really like uh, Cascade, his his cam lifter, but um, Clause 2, because I'm a purist, and Clause 2 is a really nice grappling robot that has just amazing drive and can stand up to a lot of smack. Um, anybody who's seen Bugglebots will know that Daedalus has gone out that thing and it has limped through a fight but managed to get through some of them, although I might be misremembering. No, you're remembering know. it correctly. But it, it, it held up for a long time. It did, yeah. That was actually one of my favorite competitors in, in Bugglebots was Claws, too. Yeah. I don't understand. This is one thing that's always confused me about, like, uh, just naming conventions, right, between the robot communities. Um, you know, in, in the British robot community, they, they always, like, name the second version of a robot or the third version of the robot, you know, such robot 2, such robot 3. Uh, whereas here in the states, we just uh, we just keep calling it the same name. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, I I do have a new version of Do Your Plant, and it will be Do Your Two, um, or Do Your Two Ya <laughs> is is the code name I'm going with. Um, I like Do Your Two Ya. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty. Good. It's, it's good fun. Um, yeah, 
I don't know what it is. I, there are some robots who have turned up with three and you haven't seen one or two. And then you go looking into why it's called three and, and realise that there have been other versions that are just sort of in the background and, and haven't come forth. They're usually prototypes and things like that. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it's... I think for, for Battlebots especially, it's very... It's, it's sensible to have a, a brand name that you can go with and keep with. So it's not Hypershock 1234. It's just Hypershock and people can get behind the name Hypershock and they don't have to worry about which version it is. For something like me, where I love the robot Firestorm from Classic Robot Wars, they went all the way through to Firestorm 5, uh, which Firestorm 5 is my favourite version of the robot. But um, it's it's complicated to say Firestorm 5 because they go, and which one was that again? Um, so yeah, I, I think actually the... Um, the, the the Americans have it right. Although I will say I, I've there's a robot called Saw Loser who competed on Bugglebots as well, who has recently built Saw Loser two, two I uh, is Saw Loser two Saw two Lose or something like that two Saw two Loser. Um, that's good fun. I don't yeah I don't mind uh, silly like takes on that naming convention. Yeah. I think that that makes me smile a little bit more than just calling something two. Yeah. Um. You know, like nuts one and nuts two. Like, uh, it's kind of weird because, like, it, it, you know, nuts two was really the the significant of them. But like, shouldn't you just stick with the brand? I don't know. It's just it's weird. Um. All right. So serious question from Chris Sowry. Uh, how does it feel going from lifelong fan to actual roboteer and battling the TV stars you looked up to as a kid? We had a a, a very short chat about this before we went into the arena on on Saturday. Um, it's very strange. Um, because I, I walk into the pits of an event and there are all of the people that I've watched on telly and they are celebrities to me. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget meeting Andrew Marchant, who uh, was team captain of Team Tornado back from Classic Robot Wars at RoboNerd and asking if he would do a, a group photo for us. And I got completely starstruck and just lost all of my words and I was a blabbering mess. Um, so it's very peculiar and and now some of them i i call friends and and i i sat at dinner with some of them on um on saturday night i mean uh one of which was a member of team firestorm uh, alex morgie who has saw loser um i sat next to him at dinner and we had a lovely chat and it's like i've known him for many many years yet i used to watch him on the telly and that's very strange i think there's there's no other show quite like uh, Robot Wars and Battlebots, where you you can meet these people, and they are just people uh, who who build robots, and the shows just showcase what they do in a really cool way. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. It is so interesting to like have those conversations and be like, oh my gosh, I've liked you since I was you know eighteen years old, and and just like learning about this sport. This is amazing. Um, all right, so Devourer of Wheels. Rara Granger wants to know, Jevin, are ants animals? This is incredibly important. Please answer at any <laughs> length you need to. This stems from a No More Spinners episode where um, I, <laughs> I, I went on a, a hard line. I, I was coming out to a category uh, where we'd said no more animals and, and I'd said uh, an ant weight robot and it was argued that ants are animals and I disagree. Um, I'm probably 100% wrong, but I'm sticking to my story uh, 100% that ants, they're not animals. You don't go to a zoo and look at ants. There's a lot of animals that aren't in zoos, though. Like, nobody's putting a squirrel in a zoo. 
Yeah, but I live in England. We see a lot of squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, so I, I go on holiday a lot to the Isle of Wight. Um, and the Isle of Wight is, is famous for its red squirrels. And there are some who are are kept because they're an endangered species effectively the the gray squirrels were killing out the red squirrels um so they have some that are in a cage but there it's a really quite a large cage and they can run about freely and they're happy as larry i guess i don't know i'm not a squirrel um but i i have seen squirrels akin to animals i have seen in a zoo fair enough that's that's really weird but that makes sense that makes sense yep all right, so next question is from Tom Farkas. Um, he's our favorite mail, mail carrier from Cooperstown. He wants to know, what's your favorite <laughs> weight class to build and also watch? Uh, favorite weight class to build, uh, I feel now, is probably Beatles. Uh, I've had a lot of fun doing Doya. It's been frustrating at times doing Doya because it's uh, a nightmare um just fixing some of the bits that drizzle wrecked at the weekend was a real pain um but i i had the satisfaction of knowing that i did manage to fix it and i managed to get back in the arena in time didn't win the next fight but it was a miracle i got there at all so beetle weights um i feel are a really good fun you can do lots of really fun experimental builds you can do some really silly builds i've got a few silly builds lined up um that i i'd really like to do and um yeah i feel beetle weights for me are one of my favorites to watch um i think that's case in point with a robot that i saw this weekend called lobster which is uh joe brown's mammoth beetle weight uh it's it's a mammoth style robot that's all red htpe it works exactly like mammoth it was as effective as mammoth it held off uh k1 the uh i, I think it came before k2 though it may well have come after, again, naming conventions, I don't understand them. Um, but it, it managed to hold it off for a little bit, at least, before it, it had a wheel and motor removed from it. But it's such a fun robot to watch. It's so satisfying to watch itself, right? Uh, and to flip other robots. I love it so much. Uh, so yeah, beetle weights for me are the one, but I also love the heavyweights. I missed seeing the the heavyweight live scene in the uk last year um massively and i I was so glad to see uh the action we had a a robots live event in crawley uh a few weekends ago and it was so good to to see that on youtube unfortunately didn't get to get there in person but um yeah i love watching heavyweights as well yeah heavyweight watching is so much more rare of an occurrence in the u.s you know like i i have been a fan of this sport like since 1999 and I have literally never been to a heavyweight fight. Um, and when Luke went to watch, you know, some of the filming this year, he was uh, at the round of 32 and I asked him, I was like, what was it like? Like seeing this in person, you know, that, that's what you always hear is like, you have to see it in person. You have to feel the power of them and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Luke, you know, he, he was like, you know, honestly, I like Beatles better. The physics is kind of cooler. <laughs> like, you, you see some crazy hits in Beatles that you're never really going to see in heavyweights. You see just like amazing driving that you never, you know, the driving's a lot slower with heavyweights. And I was like, wow, I never really thought about that before. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like the scale is such that Beatleweights are actually a lot more fun to watch in a lot of ways. Yeah, I must say getting to see uh, my first spinner fight in person, I got to see Aftershock 
uh, versus uh, a robot called Suspension that competed on King of Bots over in China um, in person and just feeling it in the stands of a spinner hitting another robot there is nothing like it it goes through you it is you can feel it in your chest and it is loud and it is unapologetic um and it is it, yeah there, there's nothing else quite like it that i've experienced anyway yeah that's <laughs> that is what i'm looking for i cannot wait to go see the actual filming of BattleBots next year mm. um and who knows there's uh well i won't be able to go this year because i have uh i have hosting duties to do at norwalk but uh maybe i'll be able to make it down to florida and check out some some heavyweight fighting down there for the orlando maker fair do you this is another tom farkas question do you have any predictions for a surprise bot in the BattleBots top eight this year? Ooh, that is a good question. For it to be a surprise, it would have to be somebody who we don't expect to do overly well, which I feel is very harsh because um, I, I always like to to treat every robot as if you know, not not every robot is built equal, but give everyone a go and see what happens. Um, yeah. Surprise robot in the top eight. I mean, Tantrum was a massive shocker last year because I had it going out in the 32 and it, it got all the way through to the round of four. Um, again, I, I think, or I hope, Blip, uh, because I, I'd love to see a flipper make the top eight, especially something as small and compact but so technologically advanced as blip to to get there and aaron hill is such a phenomenal driver as he proved last year um but is that a surprise because aaron hill got through to the round of four last time i don't know um i feel like i'm squirting uh skirting around this question and uh a little bit yeah yeah <laughs> and See, I don't necessarily think that a bot not making it to the top eight makes it like not a good bot right yeah like, like Triple Crown is by all accounts an amazing feat of engineering. Like, mm -hmm. the the drive system on that is so unique and so interesting. Yet, I would be surprised if it made it into the top eight. It doesn't make it a bad robot, right? No. But I would be surprised if that bot made it into the top eight. Yeah, I I would agree. Um, I I would love to see Slamo get there. I am just looking through pictures of who's in. Um, <sighs> agreed. Yes. Ah. The new new Slamo, yes, it hurts your eyes, but god damn it looks good. Um in fact, that's, that's another Inktober I enjoyed. Yes. Oh yes. Uh the the color scheme on it is so good. It looks so nineties to me. Wild. You know what I mean? And then yeah. um and then Craig with his giant like Jinko style jeans in the in the promo photos <laughs> just makes me so happy. Yeah. He's really uh he, he's got some amazing energy there. He um, does, yes. We we love Craig Danby. Uh, yeah, what's not to love about Craig Danby? No, I, I can't wait to see that bot perform this year. I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, all right, so speaking of Craig Danby and, uh, you know, Robot Wars to BattleBots. So the last question from Tom Farkas, and then I'm going to pass you over to Lindsay. Um, so what BattleBot versus Robot Wars fight would you like to see? Oh, man, I could go on forever about this topic. Yeah, same here. Um I'm going to cheat a little bit because it could well happen. Uh, I would love to see Toron, who, if you don't know, became Monsoon in BattleBots, uh, go up against Tombstone. They called him out. 
uh, Tim Wreck has called them out. I feel it's time for that recompense. But don't do it so early on in the season that it kills off Monsoon. Do it in maybe the, the top four, where, where Monsoon will almost certainly get to. Um, yes, I would love to see that fight. That That's one that I, I would really love to see. I'm really sorry, Tom, but you did just kill my robot. Um, <laughs> um, similarly, I would love to see like a Hydra versus Apollo. That would be, yeah. I, again, it could happen with uh, Ryan coming. It over. could happen. Yeah, I, I I would love to see the the just different styles of flippers going at each other. I really hope to see Blip versus Hydra this season because Blip is as close to a Brit flipper as we've got on BattleBots ever. And I was then... I was thinking about asking you a super like underhanded question, um, and now I'm just going to go ahead and do it do because it. I just want the hate. I want the internet hate. Okay, so I'm just <laughs> going to take it. Um, how does it feel as a Brit to see an American team do a British flipper better than any British team? I am all for it. Blip is <laughs> Blip is a, a beautiful feat of engineering, and um, it's so pretty. I can't, oh, if, I'm so excited to see it work. If any of us in the UK had had the idea of doing it, I so it's, I said I, I sat with Alex Mordew uh, for dinner on Saturday. We ended up talking about Blip for a long time. And he was talking through how it works, and he was astonished, amazed, and just super proud of, of seeing this amazing flipper system in in BattleBots. And Blip is uh, the best Brit flipper that has ever competed uh, anywhere. Hopefully, um, just in looks alone and in idea and concept as well. Uh, yeah, concept for sure. I ugh, it's going to be so much fun to watch that perform. Um, well, Jevin, I've been wanting to nerd out with you about robots forever, so thank you so much. I'm going to pass you over to Lindsay, and uh, have a good rest of your evening. <laughs> thank you very much, Carl. Hey, Jevin. Hi, Lindsay. Hello. All right, so you were talking about John Bennett a little bit earlier, and it turns out he has a question. Uh, so BattleBots photographer John Bennett wants to know, how many of this season's poker chips do you have? Uh, I have them next to me. I have two of them next to me. As I said, I haven't unpacked John's yet. I have Scorpios. Uh, that was sent very lovingly by Diana um, for doing it. The, the Scorpios drawing for Inktober. Um, they really liked it and, and sent me that. I can't guarantee it'll happen for everyone. I don't want to set a precedent of um, draw, draw Scorpios, get free swag. Um, but yeah, that's... that's Avoid sticker gate. Yeah, please. Um and the other one I have is the Witch Doctor one because I'm a Witch Doctor supporter on Facebook and they sent out um, some some free... Well, it was free stuff, I think. Or is it five, $5? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, they, they covered shipping all the way to the UK, which was crazy. But I got this and a, a playing card. Um, so I've got three now. And uh, in fact, I've got a fourth one on the way because I won uh, a Switchback competition on... Uh, social media for just being liking them on on social media my name got drawn out so i'm getting a switchback one as well woo four nice i think uh if they end up winning a match luke will have to eat a poker chip as well <gasps> wonderful what will you eat it with luke uh yeah all right so all right I, the, this is this is the worst thing i've ever done um before i had really seen switchback any test box footage i said if that robot wins a single match, I'm going to eat five BattleBot stickers. And I feel like, you know, at this point, 
maybe I should eat five poker chips, you know? Like, um, it's it's what I get, you know? It's uh, appropriate. What I feel you need to do is put them in a blender, blend them all up, and then just sprinkle them. You've got to open up some Oreos <laughs> and just sprinkle them uh, in there and just close it up. I, in fact, I'm not sure I recommend eating whatever this material is. No. Um, do, do not be ill, please. We, we don't want uh, a vacancy on, on behind the bots, though Jeff Madro would be happy to fill you. <laughs> um, um, I, I, I will say, though, that uh, one of our news stories this week is that uh, they're coming out with a new Kickstarter. I'm sure you saw this news where they're going to offer all 60 all 60 poker chips uh, for one very low price. I actually think the price is too low. I have recommended to them that they increase the price, but uh, I'm going to be the first one in line to uh, to buy this complete set. <laughs> so uh, that is coming. And I think they're launching the Kickstarter later this week. I have heard about the Kickstarter. I hadn't realized it, was, it had reached completion. So uh, um, I, I might have to look into that as well. Um, though yeah. how on earth will I afford my real life size hypershock <laughs> right. These, right. these are the issues yeah yeah <laughs> alright I, I feel I feel like I've, uh, I've, I've, I've capitalized too much uh, back to you back to you Lindsay <laughs> I just really want you to eat a poker chip that's all not that I want a vacancy on, on the behind the bots team of course but um, Jevin, this is my own sister-in-law, by the way, you know, recommending potentially <laughs> fatal, uh, you know, repercussions for my, my, you know, hasty. I said it in, as a joke, but everyone's taking it quite seriously. All right. Just eat, eat the one that looks tastiest. Yeah. I love switchbacks. It's mind over matter. And, <laughs> and I'm sorry I ever said anything, Greg. <laughs> If it if it comes down to it, at the at the very least, you've eaten your own words. That's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It it's you know it, I I you know I've I've learned my lesson. I'm I'm never going to you know have snap judgments about robots ever again in my entire life because I know nothing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so we have a series of questions uh, from our listeners that I don't know what's behind them. So we're just going to go with it. And uh, hopefully you understand it a little bit better than we're cranking up the crazy. Yes. (laughs) All right. So uh, Charlie Hubbard uh, has a somewhat strange geography question. Um, So what is the best country in the continent of Africa? Yeah. Um, So thanks for this, Charlie. Uh, I know Charlie very well. Um, I, I plan on attending his wedding next year and he lives in Georgia so that's two trips to America next year potentially um, so for those that don't know of the show Taskmaster it's a big show over here in the UK where they get comedians and other people in sort of celebrity status to do ridiculous and menial tasks and it was big in the uk they launched a show in new zealand which because i'm a massive nerd um i've watched all of that as well um and one of the tasks was to create a song for a country that you've thrown a dart at on a on a world map and uh somebody landed on libya um and made the best song about libya that i have ever heard um which started out as just shouting and clapping um are you ready for a song and 
a song about Libya. Those were the lyrics, um, or the, the opening line. And then he he took a guitar and just started smashing it on a table. And then he took a ukulele and started smashing that on the table as well, while still singing along and shouting. Um, it was chaotic energy, and I loved it. So Libya. Always Libya. Wow. All right. Not where I was expecting that answer to go, uh, but <laughs> no. I love it. <laughs> Um, so similarly odd, and this is something that, so for Norwalk Havoc, I'm a, like the chat admin, admin person. So whenever there's a super chat, I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that comes back <laughs> to me, Jevin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It makes uh, the day very entertaining. I have to admit, but, uh, I, I happen to remember a couple months ago, um, maybe for May, I don't quite know. There was like a an onslaught of of people saying uh, do monkey eat banana maybe am i saying that right so actually this uh this question here comes from james nicholson uh, and he says what does a monk eat so please enlighten us because i still have no freaking idea monkey banana that's the whole answer there <laughs> monk eat banana and that that's all you need to know. And that's all anyone will ever know, that monkey banana. So it seems like I'm going to have to lie awake at night still wondering what that means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. I've, I've accepted my fate. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Dominic Alexander has a series of rapid fire questions. Uh, first off. Okay. Do ya? Yes. Although it didn't. Would ya? Uh, maybe should ya definitely could ya always love ya oh love you too <laughs> so yeah that's uh that's from dominic and he is here with the hard-hitting question so thank you dominic excellent <laughs> <laughs> um so my girlfriend doesn't like robots host matt hedger wants to know where does your love of hypershock come from uh, my love of Hypershock comes from Hypershock. Um, it is... I, I, I can't put into coherent words how good the team is. I I don't care if a robot is winning tournaments, winning fights even. If a team is entertaining and willing to entertain a crowd just on their own, even without the robot, that is a team that I want to support want to love want to be a part of um want to just fully get behind and the fact that the hypershock team also sponsor robots that want to put on a good show is just the perfect full circle and will bales is uh, a legend an angel and uh anyone would be lucky to know him Agreed, and congratulations to Mr. Bales and the new Mrs. Bales. Uh, it seems he uh, just got married. He did indeed, and I, I would second these congratulations. Well done, Will, and uh, Mrs. Bales. <laughs> All right, so fellow Combat Robotics YouTuber Mike Strapkovic Jr. asks, Jevin, what is your favorite activity in the world, and why is it trolling the Norwalk Havoc live chat? And you know what, Mike? I second that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there have been Norwalk streams where we have uh, unfortunately plotted against you. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we've planned out our just spamming 
uh, of things. And Mike often misses what we're doing and then wonders what happened. Um, so we also apologise to Mike for that. Um, there was, I think, still one of my favourites that sparked actual upset in the chat that it wasn't ever meant to go that way was um, the, the Brett gang versus Burt gang. Oh, and, yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we... I, I don't even remember what side of that I'm on anymore because it, it blew out of proportion, but it was good fun while we did it. And I'm still waiting for Norwalk to do Brett versus Bert. I want to see that fight. And I think that Fluffy should be the house robot for it. Amen to that. And, uh, you know, with Havoc coming up again this Saturday, I will be a little disappointed if there is not some trolling going on. So uh, br- bring your best. <laughs> we haven't actually got a plan in place yet for what we might do. But we we don't want to just spam chat because that would be a shame. Uh, And people's... Other people, I like to see what they're talking about as well. And we don't want to just blow their comments out of the water. So we try and make up for it by doing some super chats occasionally as well and supporting Norwalk as well because it's definitely worth supporting. You know, that's very reasonable, very supportive trolling, which is my favourite kind. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we are closing out the interview here with a series of debri- deeply philosophical questions from BattleBot superfan Mary Catherine Carr. Um, so what part of the sport do you love more? Behind the scenes supporting or the actual roboteering? I love both equally. Um, I've very much been bitten by the building bug and uh, I-, I love roboteering. I love competing. Um, even though I'm massively nervous before every fight I go into and I'm utterly confused if I ever win any of them um, because I don't ever expect to go into these fights winning because I'm there to have a fun time and fight robots and it's something that I never thought I would get the chance to do. On the other hand, I really enjoy being behind the scenes. Um, It's really good fun to get to know the people behind the show as you guys do so stupendously well. and just get to be a part of the community and and get to see what's happening in the build process, get excited, get hyped for the show. Um, I think both have their equal positives and very few negatives to to support them. Love it. Uh, So if money were no issue, what would your ultimate build be? Gosh. Uh, Well, I I would love to build a heavyweight. and I'd love to build a heavyweight front hinge flipper. There aren't enough of them in the world. Um, P1 is fighting a corner in the States, and uh, there aren't many other robots doing it, so big up P1 for for holding the line over there. Um, We're getting less and less front hinges in, in especially the heavyweights uh, over here in the UK, maybe because they're not quite as effective, but Team Eruption from Robot Wars have a really, really nice front hinge called uh, Ignition uh, that just I think it came third at the most recent event which shows that they're not actually all dead in the water there there's still hope for them but I I would having seen Duya in beta weight scale some uh, in fact it was Caleb Kempson uh, who built a model of Duya and put it against his model of Behemoth just to show sort of size differences and and sort of pose it up for some some fight photos and just seeing a heavyweight Duya alongside Behemoth got me very excited indeed so i think i would love to do a heavyweight do you um and uh maybe it wouldn't be called do you uh, i don't know what it would be called uh it probably wouldn't look identical to this version of do you because this one uh has proved to me that it has some flaws but I, as i said earlier i have 
some design upgrades for for do ya to ya um and uh, yeah maybe one day I'll, I'll hit a design that works really nicely for this but i, I want to stick with the front hinges because as i said there, there's not many of them although there's quite a lot in beetle weights now um we, we've rather flooded that scene so uh this isn't really a, a question more like a request please create for us the ultimate super team of robots that will save us all from ourselves uh i think the the robots that will save us ultimately are going to be the ones with the most adorable factor plus the ones with the most wholesome teams so i'm going to say both tantrum and blipper there uh we're gonna throw in uh some hypershock because it would be illegal not to um and who who's going to protect us most i feel like we should probably have bite force as the bouncer uh to protect us from ourselves and just Ooh. hearing it hearing it rev up actually we need somebody I think maybe something like uh, Magnetar from from Robot Wars to rev up in the background when we're starting to go astray and just hearing that in the distance go, oh yeah, okay, we need to get back on uh, onto the right track here. Wonderful. All right. So uh, if you built a heavyweight and could assemble a team of roboteers from all of the ones in the world, who would your team be? Wow, that is big question. Um, there was a really lovely... And I do believe trolling post from uh, Craig Danby and Co, who were at BattleBots, with uh, the backplate of Two-Headed Death Flamingo. Now uh, I can say pretty confidently that the same time as that was going on, BattleBots, I saw both iterations of Two-Headed Death Flamingo at Robo Nerd. So I don't think it was competing. But seeing an all-star lineup with Craig Danby, some team huge, some team jackpot had me excited and i thought it was a real thing for a, just a small second uh so why you got to do me like that craig and uh i think i'd have craig on the team um i think i'd have the bristol bot builders joe brown uh craig uh from team snappy uh well in fact all of all of team mingo in fact because they are all good fun um and then spice it up with some team hypershock definitely have will bales because he seems to know what he's doing and can get a robot together in a matter of days which is i feel a useful skill to have um i would be there for moral support because i don't feel i could help in many ways um <laughs> and who else do i want to throw in there as well oh, I, I tell you what we're just going to invite the behind the bots team as well because why not? Woo! I heard they have a builder now. I, I had heard this too. <laughs> Big if true. Not much is known. It's an elusive bot to this point, but uh, mm -hmm. cool. I You know what? We are honored to join that team. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what keeps you in love with the community when the community is being unlovable? This is a very deep question. Um... I feel that certain elements of the community um, either take things too far or um, get overexcited at times, but what I have to remember is that everybody is different. Everybody uh, is entitled to enjoy the show in their own way, uh, and I think everybody should, should think similarly to this, that everybody is right 
everybody is also wrong in their opinions um, and that and I'm going to quote Robot Wars, there's a level of challenge involved in building a fighting robot because there is no perfect design. And that's the same as with the community. Everybody is different. And um, what I have to remember at the end of the day is we're here to watch and enjoy fighty robots. And uh, so long as we're enjoying watching fighty robots and competing with fighty robots, then we're all winning. And on that wholesome note, we have one last question. If you could hug one robot of robot combat fame, which one would you squeeze? Assuming, uh, uh, you know, that it's turned off. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be rusty. It just is. Um, specifically, and not to take away anything from this season's rusty, because it looks like an absolute horse, a tank, and um, is a. it could be a really competitive design this year. But there's something about the character of last year's Rusty that uh, you've just got to protect him. And to be fair, he was able to protect himself pretty well. Um, it's just beautiful. And uh, big up to, to Dave Eaton for building such a wonderful robot that the whole community could fully get behind. Yeah, I mean, I think back uh, what what you're just saying about built like a tank. I mean, going three full minutes against Sawblaze is, is no no small feat. So I can only yeah. imagine what yeah. we have in store with uh, Rusty this year. Absolutely. So Jevin, thank you so much. This was an absolute joy and pleasure to talk with you. We really enjoyed ourselves. We learned a lot, and good luck with your building. Uh, I know Chris has the bug now, and I, it seems like once you get it, you are hooked. So. Can't wait to see what you do next. And we are so looking forward to chatting with you again and hopefully seeing you at a robotics event soon. Thank you very, very much. Been a pleasure. After the break, we'll return with this week's installment of Robots Around the World. Welcome back from the break. Time for Robots Around the World. This week, we're traveling to the Midwest where the fast food chain White Castle is testing a new robot that's capable of working a fry station all by itself. The previous version of the robot named Flippy would require humans working alongside it, loading food into fry baskets and checking its work. The robot's manufacturer is now testing Flippy 2, which is capable of differentiating between french fries, onion rings, and chicken, and filling and emptying the fry baskets all on its own. Fast food restaurants believe that robots could eventually replace most of the humans currently working behind the counter, freeing them up to do other, more difficult tasks. So, uh, you know, obviously there's this application for this robot, but also, Chris, I think your dad could really use a Flippy. <laughs> I was his Flippy. I know, and now you can be replaced by a robot. Everyone's dream. Yeah, uh, well, I come from an exciting uh, French fry background. Um, not many people get to say that, but, uh, you know, we had a French fry stand for years at the Hudson Valley Garlic Festival. How many pounds of potatoes would you go through? 6,842 pounds. <laughs> that... <laughs> yes, the number does get a little bit larger uh, every time the story is told, but, you know. Every um, hour. I don't know. I uh, So this is... You know, we we could celebrate uh, a lot of these uh, these jobs being automated. Um, 
you know, but at the at the same time, it's it's just interesting to think about like what opportunities that kind of maybe uh, opens up in uh, you know delivering a better experience when you're going to get French fries. I don't know. That's just something maybe they ne they need to consider if you're going to uh, be uh, you know replacing you know these jobs with um, with uh, with robots. You know where where can you uh, still have a uh, make you know a human centered impact? Uh, I don't know. That's just my my thought. Interesting. Philosophical end, Chris. Do you do you have thoughts on this? Like, uh, do you believe that the twenty four hour McDonald's is inevitable, and you'll just show up and food will come shooting out like an ATM? Yeah, I mean, I always, I I really did envision, even many years ago, that you could probably fit like an entire McDonald's into like, you know, sixteen square feet, but it's also forty feet high, and like the entire. Like, you know, uh, the entire, uh, the back is essentially like kind of fit into a stack. And now you can literally have a McDonald's on a street corner where it's like, you know, where, uh, like a mailbox normally would be. Um, I'm okay with that idea. I also think it's really disgusting and <laughs> it's kind of like we're lining up to feeders at a certain point. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Uh, um, you know, McDonald's isn't, it's, it's really good. But it's also terrible. <laughs> I mean, White Castle, far superior. So I'm glad that uh, they're testing. I've never had a White Castle. Oh, my God, Lindsay, stop. I've never had White Castle where I, like, I didn't wish I was, I, I didn't wish I was dead afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the burgers are so small that you end up, like, just eating, like, ten of them in a row. And then you just feel awful. I don't understand. They're so tiny, but the, the, there must be like plutonium or something in there because it just takes me days to recover. Oh, my God. Lindsay, we got to go to a White Castle. I I saw one like there was one in the Bronx that I would pass when I would drive from Connecticut back home to New York. Yeah. Uh, but that's the only one I think I've ever even seen with my eyes. Yeah, I think they have them in Jersey as well. I don't know if, uh, you know, Blacksmith Captain Al Kindle's listening. Maybe you can verify. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's a great burger. Uh, fantastic. Glad that they have robots. Uh, well, this has been a very exciting edition uh, um, of uh, French Fry Robot Talk. <laughs> we'll be back in your feed next Wednesday with another mystery guest. <laughs> we'll see you then, folks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.